It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice. Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show, 1-866-408-7669. We've got Lieutenant Colonel Alan West at the bottom of the hour, but we have a lot to discuss just between us and, of course, your calls at 1-866-408-7669. Uh, we uh, are going to see some fun today. Uh, the President of the United States, about 2 o'clock, will pardon a couple of turkeys. So things getting somewhat kept to normal. Yesterday, the First Lady welcomed in the Christmas tree. Senator Perdue has a press rally uh, this morning with Senator Ernst. Everybody in the Republican Party knows how important those two races are. The Republicans have to win one of two. Democrats have to win both. John Ossoff has an event who is the opponent of Purdue, who lost by about two points in the first election. We'll see if he can make up the difference now. He has a big event um, at 11 o'clock. And the Department of Defense and HHS will brief the media on Operation Warp Speed, which has produced yet another vaccine. Unbelievable. This one with the uh, with Oxford and AstraZeneca, with their British companies, but they did it here. So let's go to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Joe Biden is moving forward with building out his administration, naming six new cabinet selections that mark a return to a more traditional approach to governing. That is Biden. Takes shape. His team does anyway. It looks more like the eight years of Obama. Can we expect the same terrible results? Why I took why I think the Georgia Senate race might hold the key to saving the country. Number two. The GSA has now ascertained Biden won the election and they now have seven and a half million dollars in federal resources to officially begin the transition. President Trump has already responded. He says that his legal challenges are still going to continue. And there you go. President Greenlight's cooperation with the Biden team to a degree while keeping up the fight in court. We'll outline the fight plan and the president's game plan. Number one. The story is my mom is going to come up and two of my uh, girls is the current plan. But the plans change. But that's my plan. Yeah, really? Thanksgiving. Uh, Severe restrictions and shaming for those who want to celebrate the holiday. Yet 550 million will travel anyway. Meanwhile, Emmy Award winning governor. Andrew Cuomo realizes demanding we Zoom our holiday while hosting his own family in person might not be the best look for him. So he just canceled those plans. The latest example of a leader, a political elected leader, saying, OK, this is how your life should be ruined, but it will not affect mine. Governor Gavin Newsom's next. I think he quarantined himself because of his terrible behavior. Caught with lobbyists and medical professionals at a dinner without masks, elbow to elbow, while telling everybody else, shut down the restaurant, shut down outdoor dining, shut down going to the beach, shut down going to school while his kids go to school. It's incredible what's been uh, taking place here with the double standard. It has not even eluded Bill Maher, the liberals liberal on HBO. Cut one. Democrats who are always preaching wearing the masks they keep getting caught doing what we're not allowed to do. At the table, there were lobbyists from the California Medical Association. It's like getting a face with mothers against drunk driving. 
drunk. Let's just say he said drunk. It makes no sense. How could you be that cavalier? Are you going to tell me there's, uh, there aren't other pictures of Gavin Newsom without a mask on? No one will ever tell me that. As uh, Chris Cuomo walks around, gets reprimanded by his buildings department for not wearing a mask, we see pictures of him smoking a cigar outside, hanging out with other people, not wearing masks, while condemning Donald Trump for not being a better example. While not crediting him for overseeing and implementing warp speed that's given us three vaccines, the real hope, not the restriction hope, of us getting out of this. I cannot tell you how upset I am that Governor, the New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, is actually getting accolades for his behavior. We lead the country and maybe the world for a single city and state with deaths over 31,000. As he says, he was ambushed by Europe. No, we were ambushed by Europe. But his actions were hardly perfect, and he doesn't admit to any of it. So now with all these restrictions of no more than eight, and you can't, you have to have the windows open, you got to be outside, whatever New York says, you have 13 sheriffs, mostly in upstate New York, from Niagara to Ontario to Fulton to Erie to Yates to Wayne, who have all said, we are not enforcing this. We're not knocking on people's doors. It's not going to happen. Elise Stefanik, a superstar on the right who happens to be located in very blue New York. Cut eight. It is absolutely infuriating. I am celebrating Thanksgiving with my family. We need to make sure that individuals are making the best decisions for themselves and take public health seriously. But we should absolutely not be celebrating or following Governor Cuomo's edicts that we can't be with family for Thanksgiving. But what's most hypocritical, Trey, is that Governor Cuomo today said he is spending his Thanksgiving with his 89-year-old mom and his daughters who are traveling. So again, it's rules for thee, but they don't apply to me. That is why New Yorkers are so frustrated. And that is why he is the worst governor in America. Because he's arrogant. Meanwhile, a spokesperson for Governor Cuomo suddenly realizing this might be a problem. Quote, given the current circumstances with COVID-19, he will work through Thanksgiving and will not be seeing his family. Don't tell his mom she doesn't know yet. Not funny. We get it. You just think it's okay to tell us you got to hear some of the things this guy's saying. Real love is going on Zoom. This is a love way of showing your love is not seeing them, some of which have not happened for eight months. We don't blame them for the virus. We don't blame them for not having the answers. Because you know why? Japan has a resurgence. Germany is flat on its back. Italy is as bad as it was in the spring. I need to go on even when you look at what Sweden did, saying, lock up those vulnerable, let us keep working. They're even being besieged. Shanghai Airport in China, we're told they were so strict and disciplined, they beat this thing. They shut down 8,000 people. They just locked in an airport. Shows you how little regard they have for human life. And they tested everybody. In Japan, the foreign minister of China goes to visit, and there's a resurgence in Japan. Let's face it. The vaccine, therapeutics to survive, the vaccine to prevent. That is it. Once again, China poisons the world. America saves the world. And that's what will happen. We oversaw what Oxford and AstraZeneca did. We did Pfizer. We did Modena, Moderna, rather. And now we're going to be getting Johnson & Johnson, which is a single shot instead of the one shot, which will be coming, they think, in December. We're going to start getting vaccinations within two weeks. But in the meantime, what's going to be left of our country? This governor destroy, allowed our city, New York City, to be destroyed. Countless communities to be upended. And businesses 
to be killed off for good, especially those in catering, especially hotels, especially restaurants. Tom Colucchio is an independent restaurant coalition's founding member and said this about what they're up against as a nation. Cut nine. We're desperate, Chris. You know, we've been hanging on this summer. You know, it was kind of fine if you had some outdoor dining. Um, even then, we weren't, we weren't really making it. We're all just kind of hanging on. And uh, right now, um, in the middle of what is our best quarter, this is, this is where restaurants actually, uh, if they make money for the year, this is where we eke it out at our wow. fourth quarter. And we're being forced to close. Um, and, and in, 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 you know, in, in the spirit of keeping people safe, and, and, and uh, especially in New York City, you know, we understand that. But, but it's a hard pill to swallow because we've been decimated. We've been forced to close once before. Uh, it's going to happen again. And if we don't get help, 65 to 80% of all independent restaurants across this country will close their doors. Do you hear that? 65 to 85%. At what cost are we supposed to say safe? With the Verunda 50, there's a 99.4% chance we will survive. And I'm not making you go to a hotel or restaurant. I'm giving it as an option. If the place is empty and the American, the American Medical Association and your doctor has you so scared you don't move, don't blame the restaurant. But don't prevent it from earning a living. So I couldn't believe this stat I want to share with you. Los Angeles County COVID-19 cases tracing. Say this. 7.2% traced to government agencies. If those tested positive, only 3% trace back to bars and restaurants. And what's your reaction to that? Taking away outdoor dining, let alone indoor dining. You can't kill the patient and then go write a book and get an Emmy. Not only in New York, the governor of uh, Oregon says report your neighbor if they have over 10 people while they're looting and destroying cities and you're defunding the police in your major city. In 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 uh in uh in Oregon, Portland, Oregon, I'm I'm talking about the major city of Portland. At the same time we're supposed to report that family that might be a little loud down the block because they are doing this thing because seeing each other, even though they've probably all been tested and took other proper precautions. They just have overstepped entirely. Not overstepping the President of the United States. I thought it was really cool yesterday. It came out in a press release uh, that uh, he told the GSA administrator, Emily Murphy, do yourself a favor. Free up $10 million, allow the transition to begin. In a letter from the GSA Commissioner Emily Murphy to the Biden team, quote, I did not receive any direction to delay my determination. I did, however, receive threats online by phone and by mail directed at my safety, my family, my staff, even my pets in an effort to coerce me into making this transition possible. President Trump says, I want to thank Emily Murphy and GSA for their steadfast dedication and loyalty to our country. She has been harassed, threatened, and abused. I do not want to see this happen to her. Uh, I will continue to fight, and I believe we will prevail. Nevertheless, in the best interest of our country, I'm recommending that Emily and her team do what needs to be done in regards to initial protocols. Mark Meadows said to the Wall Street Journal, we have told certain people to cooperate with the Biden team, but the president really feels like he won. And he's not stopping. But I think he did the absolute responsible thing. Find a way in court. If court doesn't work, do not blame him if COVID-19 communication between administrations doesn't go well or if a terror attack happens a short time after and they can turn around and say, if I only got my advance notice November 4th instead of November 21st. That's the way it is. Because the president was up big. This unprecedented mail-in voting threw him. 
and we're still trying to figure out if all the voting was on the up and up. In Pennsylvania, for example, I understand the president's frustration. He lost by, I guess, 60,000. But they just found a whole bunch of ballots without dates or signatures on them. I was always told you make one mistake. The problem with mail-in voting, you make one mistake. Whether it's the envelope or the actual ballot, you're done. You can't just arbitrarily cure them. In Philadelphia, they arbitrarily cured them. The president's team challenged it, but they said, it's not enough. We're not going to let this go through court. one 408 7669 I want to take some calls. And what do you think? What are your Thanksgiving plans? Have they been amended? I'm not going to give my details of mine, but I'm having a Thanksgiving. I understand the precautions. We've been through this drill. Don't hear any great revelations from our great doctors. We know they're doing some great things with therapeutics and vaccines. That's our only hope. Look around the world. Uh, And I'm tired of taking the blame as a people. Oh, the American people aren't disciplined. We're not getting the right message from Washington. We get the message. We're doing it. It's a very contagious virus, which you just recently told us we can't get from surfaces. Now we have to worry about uh, it only being transmitted through the air. Uh, And then we'll talk a little bit of uh, Texas, the war on this virus. Uh, We're going to talk about the new foreign policy team of the Biden administration when we come back. And with you, don't move. Expanding your knowledge base, it's Brian Kilmeade. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. As many of you know from your own life experiences, a life in so-called blue-collar work is something to be proud of. It is very rewarding to work that has impact on your friends, your neighbors, and your family's lives. Great successes can be had in the blue-collar career. There's no degree requirement for achieving comfort, peace, and freedom. While schools cut shop classes and funnel students into colleges, there are plenty of options for hard workers who are ready to take advantage of open positions. Many young people today assume that college is the only way to achieve success in life. That is not true. Let me introduce you to Ken Rusk. Ken spent his younger years digging ditches and working in construction. He never went to college. Instead, he made goals, planned, and worked hard for 30 years. Now Ken is a successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses and revenue streams. 
In his national best-selling book, Blue Collar Cash, Ken shares his insights from over 30 years of working in blue-collar trades as an entrepreneur, mentor, and life coach. Now he's created a guide made specifically for you and your unique situation. This guide will give you or someone you love the tools you need to start designing the life of their dreams. You can achieve your dreams regardless of your educational background or your past. Go to KenRusk.com path to learn more. That's KenRusk.com path. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show. This is globalism writ large. And the first thing that's going to go out the window is, as you just pointed out, America first. These guys are going to get out the American checkbook. They're going to rejoin all the international organizations, which we underwrite and pay for. And the problem is that none of them are going to stand up to China if past is any indication of where they're going in the future. And that's because Anthony Blinken is going to be go from deputy secretary of state to secretary of state. You have uh, John Kerry is going to be focused on the Paris Accord. You have no one on that staff so far, the Biden transition team, uh, that shows that they think that China is a threat. They said they're going to be a competitor and a partner. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, former deputy secretary of DHS, will now be the first Latino immigrant nominated to serve as DHS secretary. Anthony Blinken, very experienced. Uh, it could be worse, but I cannot say I am beat Susan Rice, but I can't say that I'm going to see any difference in the Middle East or Europe. They're going to think Europe first. They're going to think NATO first. I love thinking America first, knowing that we're in charge of the rest of the world. U.N. Ambassador uh, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, a 35-year veteran of the U.S. Foreign Service, that usually spells uh, that somebody is inoculated, um, kind of part of the process instead of different. Uh, we know we have a czar of climate, John Kerry, National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan was always one of the leading per- people, guys, accusing the Trump team of colluding with Russia to win the election. So you know this guy is is basically going to be, this is Obama three. He had his first two terms. This is a third. I understand. Election has consequences. I can't. I could say that this, I'm, I feel a bit better that Janet Yellen is up for Secretary of Treasury and not... I don't know, AOC or Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. And I think the, the market's like that, the, uh, that Janet Yellen will probably get through. And the market's like she's going to be there because they're so nervous that all these left-wing policies are going to be implemented. What did Joe Biden do during the entire campaign? Tell everyone, I promise not to be far left. Did you see anybody on the Trump side or Republican side say, I promise not to be far right? Why are you embarrassed to being what the, the most vocal element of your party is? Brad, living in Las Vegas, on, listening on KDWN. Brad. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. I just um, Before I say anything, I, wanna, I understand that people are losing their businesses. The yep. government took their livelihood, even though they did nothing wrong. The suicide rates through the roof. But I can't go to my first ultrasound and see my baby for the first time with my wife because Governor Sisolak thinks that that's going to stop the spread. But I can go Black Friday shopping. I can go down to the Strip and gamble and drink, and that's all fine and well. And he has Halloween parties at his house with 250 guests, and they take the phones from him, and then he gets COVID a couple weeks later, just like his buddy Newsom, but I can't be to my kid's first ultrasound. How crazy does this make you, Brad? Brad, how crazy does this make you? I mean, I'd be seething if I was you. 
it, I feel like it's time for civil disobedience, but what do you do? You can't do any. I've got, I've got a family that I need to think about, but what, when is it enough? I'm just, I'm very curious when it's enough, when they finally overstep to a point that, that we stop and we say this is America. You know, I was talking to those guys in Jersey in the gym. They refused to close. They're getting fit time. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. 15000 a day. And they said, look, we're not going to close again. They're allowed to open up. And now they're about to close again because New Jersey is ridiculous. And New York is right behind them. And they said, we need other businesses to join. They can't stop all of us. And that's what you would need responsible. I want you to be responsible. Hey, Brad, you own a restaurant? You own a casino? Be responsible. Spread out. Walk around. Have people go, hey, guys, I know you're having a good time. you got to separate a little bit. We're going to put plexiglass in between. They made investments into their establishment. But don't shut it down, Brad. I mean, don't shut it down. It's so obvious. And they're just pressing on the wrong people. They want cops to raid houses that they think, with all these cars out in front, might have more than eight or ten people. That's nuts. While you will let looters throw chairs through windows and run out because of social inequity or let people party because they're happy Joe Biden won. I mean, the average person has figured this out. This is nuts. And keep in mind, while those people are telling you to shut down businesses, they are all getting paid. And a lot of them live in government housing. Think about that for a second. Alan West next. It's the Hammer Time Podcast. Fox News Channel's Bill Hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. Find Hammer Time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. You know what love is on Thanksgiving? I love you so much, and I'm so thankful for you that I'm not going to see you. This year, if you love someone, it is smarter and better to stay away. We're going to be alone physically, but we are spiritually together celebrating in a way that is even deeper you believe this guy? He's telling us how to love now. I can't. I just couldn't write that down fast enough. That's why I was hoping Colonel Allen West would help uh, summarize it for me. He is uh, the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, senior fellow at the Media Research Center, former congressman from Florida. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel, welcome back. It's good to be with you, Brian. And uh, it was good to hear the voice of the Emmy Award winning governor of New York. What an embarrassment. I mean, what an yeah. embarrassment. And now he's telling us what love is. Yeah, well, it's amazing because that's the mentality of totalitarianism. Uh, They have to dictate and prescribe every single emotion, every single thought, every single belief and idea that you have. So now 
the left is defining what love is. And also, uh, you had Governor Ralph Northam say the exact same thing. That is an act of love to uh, stay away from your family members for Thanksgiving. But that's the exact same thing that we, opposite thing that we should be doing right now. We should be coming together as family. We should be talking about how we want to, you know, encourage each other and help each other get through this time. And what a better time than Thanksgiving. Because the whole history of Thanksgiving came from pilgrims, you know, Christians who were being persecuted in England. And they made it through a harsh time, a harsh winter. And what did they do? They came together to give thanks to God. And now all of a sudden these people are trying to replace themselves and make themselves God with a little G, of course, and prescribing to us, you know, what we should be giving thanks for and how we should be giving thanks. This is absurd. And this is why in the end – this leftism, this lurch to the left is going to be rejected by this country. I hope so. Uh, I want you to hear. Now, how about the hypocrisy with Gavin Newsom at a big party with donors Mm -hmm. at the most elite restaurant maybe in the country? Now, Governor Cuomo sitting there tells us what love is. Love is on a Zoom call with somebody you haven't seen in eight months. Listen to him talk about his plans as he promotes his book, Cut Five. The story is my mom is going to come up and two of my uh, girls is the current plan. But the plans change. Um, but that's my plan. That's his plan. So is it kind of dangerous and selfish? Doesn't he love his mother? Why would he put a mother that he loves, uh, put her in the ro- put her on the road and let him go visit him? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it is just the hypocrisy that you talk about is laughable, being at Gavin Newsom, being at Andrew Cuomo or anyone else, that they want to – This it's a, it's a Politburo mentality. And, and what do I mean by the Politburo? Back, the Soviet Union had this cut line, and everyone that was above the cut line were part of the in crowd. That was the Politburo, and and the the rules and and everything were different for them as opposed to everyone that was below that cut line. And I think that's what you see developing here in America are these political, cultural, entertainment, media elites that think that uh, they know what is best for us than what we know for ourselves. And you're right, the absurdity to try to – you know, tell us what love is and how we should interact with our family members. That's why you saw people take to the streets in California to say that we're going to be in defiance of these mandates, edicts, and orders that are coming down. And I think you're going to see even more of that. And just wait until this Robert Francis O'Rourke starts talking about a mandatory gun buyback program. That's another uh, thing that's coming around the pike. Well, how is he going to do that? Not in Texas. Well, you know, this is what uh, Joe Biden believes. And if you have read Joe Biden's gun control plan, uh, that's what it it is talking about. That's what Robert Francis O'Rourke is already intonating uh, because he believes that he will be that gun czar because that's what Joe Biden promised him. But again, look at all of these intrusive manners in which the left, the Democrat Party, is trying to insert themselves into our lives. You don't tell Americans what they can do in their own homes, who they can invite in for their own dinners. That's that's beyond absurd. That that truly is a violation of our most precious individual right, our private property. I would think so. Uh, there's also something else going on, and that is this whole enforcement of no more than 10 people, and you have to have the doors open or be outside. These sheriffs 
and I think there's about 14 of them, say they're not going to abide by that. They're not going to mm-hmm. enforce it. And they're making it clear. They also got elected in their positions. Listen to Cuomo mm-hmm. answer uh, that uh, challenge. Cut three. How a law enforcement officer says, I choose not to enforce that law. Uh, I believe that law enforcement officer violates his or her constitutional duty. I don't consider them a law enforcement officer because you don't have the right to pick laws that you think you will enforce and you don't enforce laws that you don't agree with, right? That's not a law enforcement officer. Uh, That's a dictator. Well, no, you're being a dictator. Through executive (laughs) order, you want them to break into people's houses? Well, that's the that's the crazy thing is that here is Cuomo making himself a monarch. You know, we are a nation of laws. We don't have mandates, edicts, orders, and decrees. And how do you make a law? A law goes through a legislative process, and those legislators are the direct representatives of the people. You know, Governor Cuomo does not make a law. He's the executive branch. Once it passes through a legislature, this is civics 101. This is, you know, uh, Schoolhouse Rock when they used to have the little civics lessons, how, you know, how do you make a bill and, and everything. He doesn't make law. And see, this is what the American people are going to start rising up and understanding. All of this, the, these, these mandates, these edicts, these decrees, these orders, they're being handed down by these governors. And we have had some Supreme Courts of states that have come back and said that these are unconstitutional actions that these governors are taking. So these sheriffs are absolutely right. There is no law for them to enforce. It's just the maniacal rantings of someone like a Cuomo, a Northam, a Whitmer, an Inslee, or a Newsom, and they're not enforceable. Did the president make the right move telling the GSA administrator to start uh, releasing funds for the Biden transition? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, without a doubt, because what you want to, he has not conceded, so he is continuing to pursue his legal challenges that he sees. And, you know, you've got thousands of affidavits out there. You've got some, without a doubt, serious inquiries that need to be made. You cannot change election law like we have seen so many of these secretaries of state or some of these uh, other individuals do in these respective states. That is about the equal protection uh, for people. So he does have a good case, I believe, to go forward with. But he should not uh, make himself an impediment or an obstacle to a uh, a peaceful transition of power if that uh, ends up coming about. But remember, Al Gore and George Bush in 2000, that was 35, almost 37 days when uh, it was this back and forth. And Al Gore was not uh, inaugurated as president in uh, January 20th of the following year. That's a great point. Uh, With the president of the United States, he says only certain divisions are going to be able to work with the Biden people. But I also find unbelievable is that we now have three vaccines ready to go Mm -hmm. in weeks, all a little bit different or a little bit challenging, and it's going to change the world. So let's see. China poisons the world, and we organize something that in eight months could save the world. That the, first, the fastest vaccine prior to this was the mumps. It took four years. This took eight months. Yeah. There's only one yeah. guy that knocked out all the bureaucracy and streamlined it. That's President Trump. And I just and I think— I wouldn't even say eight months. Go ahead. I wouldn't even say eight months because when did he announce Operation Warp Speed? I think that was in uh, you know April or even May. 
So it's even shorter than that. Uh, and, and this is a phenomenal thing, but that's the free market. That's free enterprise. And so when you look at people like Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez that want to nationalize economic production of the United States of America, think about how long it would have taken for that to happen under a socialist economic model, which is exactly what the uh, Democrat Party wants. We, we, it'd probably take 10 years. Well, chances are it wouldn't happen at all. So this is a phenomenal thing, but the media is not going to talk about it. Of course, the president is not going to get any type of accolades uh, for what his administration has done, but he should. Do you consider uh, Do you consider Georgia personal for you? I mean, being that you grew up there, and it means so Absolutely. much to the country because we will yeah. you'll have an unbridled Joe Biden. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And that's why I'm planning to go back uh, to Georgia uh, December 15th, 16th uh, to to talk to my uh, my birth state and make sure that they understand that we do not want to turn the keys over to Chuck Schumer, who says that he will change America and change the world. I don't want Chuck Schumer in charge of the Senate. I don't want Chuck Schumer changing America. I think America is on the right track right now. uh, But this is an important point for, you know, the, the, the Peach State, my home state, where my mother and father are buried. And uh, I, I, can't, I can't accept Georgia going in the path of allowing John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock, a person that said that you can't serve God and serve the military, to become United States senators. Well, right now it's almost a dead heat, both of them. And I think the one thing Republicans believe that defunding the police is their best line is their best belief. That's what really makes people of Georgia most nervous. Uh, And do you agree with that? Well, I think the defunding of the police, I think that the rule of the mob is another important thing. And as well, uh, you look at the economic uh, standing of Georgia. Georgia is the largest state east of the Mississippi. You look at the military footprint of Georgia, eight major military installations are there in Georgia. We don't want the Democrats to to be in charge and uh, to turn Georgia away from the incredible state that it is. So, uh, I, I think that we have the message on our side. Mm-hmm. We just need to get people to understand it. So, Colonel West, I know Texas is not having an easy time of it with the coronavirus. How are you guys fighting it? Well, I mean, I got to tell you, Brian, I'm, I'm sitting here and I don't see anything big deal going on. People are going to – this is a virus, again, that people are going to you know, contract, get sick with. But it has a 99.96% recovery rate. So I don't see uh, anybody rushing into hospitals here. My daughter is a physician assistant, and I talked to her about it, and she hadn't seen uh, any uh, major uptick. So, again, I think that we're going to be fine here in Texas. I think that the most important thing is individuals need to take responsibility for their health. We know the demographics that are mostly uh, affected by COVID-19. We need to protect those demographics. But we're not going to shut down here in Texas, and we certainly are not going to restrict Thanksgiving. So I understand the National Guard has been deployed to El Paso. You're back in the Guard. Uh, To El Paso to provide support with the morgue crisis? Well, this is the issue out there in El Paso, if if you're talking about the the COVID-19. And we know that there are folks coming across the border that are getting medical care, medical treatment in El Paso, just the same as we saw down in the Rio Grande Valley and Hidalgo County uh, earlier this year. So we need to make sure that we're taking care of Americans first and not having people coming across the border with this illness and uh, flooding our systems. All right. Uh, Colonel Allen West, thanks so much. Have a great Thanksgiving. 
My pleasure. All the best. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you. one 866 we come back, I see you up there. I'll get to some of your calls, give you more uh, uh, information as it unfolds. Nothing slowing down today. We'll see uh, what's going on with these court cases, too. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. It's Brian Kilmeade. Fox Nation presents podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak. I'm Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, foxnewspodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Oh, no, you should fly. I should fly? Absolutely. I have a quote here from uh, Celine Gellner. She's a member of President-elect Biden's COVID-19 advisory board. And she says, right now we have a fire blazing and to me traveling and spending time with people over the holidays is sort of like pouring gasoline on a fire. The, the, the problem is not being on the airplane. The problem is what you do uh, off the airplane. The air right. cabin is very safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the air is completely recirculated every two to three minutes, and it goes through a hospital-quality filtering system. You layer that with requiring masks, and everyone is facing forward. And so it's, uh, it's, been, it's been researched very carefully. I love it. Uh, that's what you could do. That was, uh, that was uh, Southwest Airlines CEO talking about it. it's safe to fly. They're not just trying to save their business. If you got sick on, a, on an airplane, if everyone's getting sick, you're not flying anymore. So they're at risk. Same thing with, I say, with this vaccine. If you're going to have long-term effects, goodbye Moderna. Goodbye Pfizer. Goodbye uh, Johnson & Johnson. Goodbye uh, AstraZeneca. So the, the free market is going to press it. I've flown five times over the last three months. Couldn't have been cleaner, or by the way, couldn't be more empty. Uh, Leanne, listen on WOKV in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Leanne. How are you, Brian? Good. How are your Thanksgiving wanted- plans altered, or are they? Uh, they're not. We're home. The kids are in school, out of school. We'll just be here. My husband's traveling, so he's where he is. Okay. Um, the reason I called in was I was listening to this looks like just small step-by-step overreach by governors. And I heard about one of them in one of the uh, states banning alcohol sales. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. Earlier this year, we took a business trip to Thailand, got stuck there for two months. And during that time, uh, they banned alcohol sales on short notice. It was for 10 or 11 days. Then they pushed it out to the end of the month, so 21 days. The interesting thing is Thailand is a third-world country. It has a prime minister who was in by force, an ex-general, so a dictatorship. It concerns me that these are the kinds of steps that governors are now saying are acceptable. And so what's next? And the other thing that concerns me is I heard someone who was, I think it was the editor or chief or something of the Hill, who said yesterday, so, you know, unless there's widespread fraud. Well, my kids say to me now, they're almost 14, pair of twins, and they said, well, cheating a little is okay. Um, we came to this country because, you know, it supposedly was a reputable country with good systems and law-abiding yeah. people, but now it's cheat a little, and then your governors act like dictators in third-world countries. I, I can't argue with you. Uh, there is there is dead people voting in New York. They have a problem right now with dead people on the rolls. There's a congressional seat so competitive in upstate New York, and if you've been there, uh, upstate New York, that they have to go weed out the dead people and then recount again. So that's happened. 
but it's always happened when you have a nation that has, you know, 280 million people voting. You can't say it's perfect, but we could be a lot better. Look at what Ohio's done. Look at how great, uh, look at how great Florida has done after uh, going through the ringer a couple of times. And then you see what an embarrassment Pennsylvania and Michigan are. And I, I think we got to straighten this whole thing out. This is what's good about what President Trump is doing. He's making people own up to the problems. And then when this is done, if he's not able to equal it out and it doesn't look like he will, this thing is going to be all fixed, hopefully by 2022, and both sides are going to want it fixed. And no more of this mass mail-in ballots. So we'll straighten it out for you so to make sure your trip from Australia ends up paying off for you and your family. So Brian Kilmeade Show. If you want to get any of my books, go to BrianKilme.com, order them. I'll sign them, and I'll send them. I could personalize them, too, for the holidays. Keep it here. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The One with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of The Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him. You love him. You want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to FoxNewsPodcasts.com. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much, everyone from New York, heard around the country, heard around the world. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Pete Hegseth has got a brand new book out, Modern Warriors, will talk to us. i got to get his take on what's going on uh, with the foreign policy team and what it looks like with Joe Biden in charge, if in fact he gets the job. Then I'll do a simulcast on FBN, the fastest growing network in all of cable, uh, with Stuart Varney, the number one show of all, uh, of all business news. And then Haley Barber is standing by to talk about the need to take uh, Georgia for the Democrats and Republicans, but he wants the Republicans and he thinks he knows how. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's big three. Number three. Joe Biden is moving forward with building out his administration, naming six new cabinet selections that mark a return to a more traditional approach to governing. Uh, there you go. A Biden team takes shape. It looks much like eight years of Obama. Can we expect the same terrible results on foreign policy? Why well, I think the Georgia Senate race might hold the key to saving the country. Number two. The GSA has now ascertained Biden won the election and they now have seven and a half million dollars in federal resources to officially begin the transition. President Trump has already responded. He says that his legal challenges are still going to continue. Uh, that is a little about what's going on. The president uh, greenlights cooperation with the Biden team while keeping up the fight. Well, outline the fight plan and the president's game plan. Number one. The story is my mom is going to come up and two of my uh, girls is the current plan. But the plans change. But that's my plan. Yeah, and then when it doesn't resonate, your personal plan, as opposed to what you're telling all the other New Yorkers to do, you better change your plans. Thanksgiving, severe restrictions and shaming for those who want to celebrate the holiday, yet 50 million will travel anyway. Meanwhile, Emmy Award-winning Governor Cuomo realizes demanding we Zoom our holiday while hosting his own family in person might not be the best look. This is just the latest example of leaders letting all of us know their rules don't apply to them. With me right now is Governor Haley Barber, former Mississippi governor, former chairman of the RNC. Uh, governor, welcome back. 
Well, Brian, thank you for having me back. You've seen many crises. Yeah, well, I always, there's very few people with your type of experience and insight. So you ran a state uh, under a lot of time, natural disaster challenges. You wanted to tell, have people do the right thing. But I never remember you mandating like this. Would you be mandating people stay home, have only 10 in their house, uh, make sure people eat outside? I, I don't think that's your speed. Are you surprised at the dictatorship or these many dictatorships we're seeing? Well, I'm certainly surprised at the depth of it. Uh, I was a governor and been the worst natural disaster in American history, uh, Hurricane Katrina. And, yes, we had to tell people they could not go into dangerous areas until they were cleared. We had to tell people that they could not start rebuilding until they took away the debris from the storm. That took us 11 months, by the way. And that's 11 months of just including what the government paid for. So it took years. But we didn't tell people that they could not do something that would be easy for them to do. We told them, don't do things that are dangerous. Don't go into these areas. Uh, There's a big difference. But I have to say, we had a disaster just like any other flood, storm, whatever. We could we could see what was going to happen because it all happened at first. And and these guys are dealing, President Trump is dealing, and these governors are dealing with something that changes every week. Uh, they don't know where what this pandemic is going to be doing in two weeks. I had the advantage of, even though it was an incredibly awful storm and catastrophe, at least after a few days, we knew that was it unless there was something incredibly unusual. Right. And so I, I'm a little bit sympathetic to the to the ones who are having a hard time. This is a heck of a hard thing well, to look, deal with. Well, look, nobody has it. I, I look at Japan. They have a resurgence. I look at Europe. They were still, we were supposedly undisciplined. Europe got slammed a couple of weeks ago. They're just barely coming out of it now. Now we're in the middle of a second wave. Certain states were very strict, like New York. Guess what? We lead the country in deaths. And we also now have a second wave that they are again shutting down schools. What I have a problem with, Governor, is they don't, they're not fully understanding the downside of the economics of leaving kids out of school when they're, they're safer in school, according to the famed science from K through 8. Listen to this Tom Coculio. He's the Independent Restaurant Coalition founding member. He represents thousands of restaurants, and they are, they're, they are between 60 and 80 percent likely to fail if they can't open soon. Cut 11. When restaurants, especially when, in, when the lights are on, communities are safe. And we stay open late. And if we close, number one, I think the streets are going to get a little more dangerous. Also, uh, commercial real estate is going to take a huge hit. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of, of, of business reasons why. Again, I can I can I can appeal to, to to both Democrats and Republicans here. There's a whole lot of good reasons to keep crime down, to support small businesses, the backbone. Uh, again, there are more independent restaurants, over half a million independent restaurants in this country, employing 11 million people. If 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 if, there, if we're not worth saving, who is? If it's your economy, local economy, are you waiting for a federal bailout or do you want to work with that restaurant to put up the plexiglass and get the tenting and the venting to allow them to stay open, Governor? Well, there's, there's absolutely no question in my mind that we'll look back in a very no, short number of years and, and say that the economic damage done to the country was worse than the health care damage, as bad as it is. That's not to dismiss the health care damage. You know, we have quarter of a million people die of this disease 
but the economic damage is going to be for the rest of the country, 300 and something million people, really, really something that's going to be hard to deal with. You're back in action. The NRSC announced the Georgia Battleground Fund leadership team. Uh, they got Carl Rove is trying to raise some money. Chairman Senator uh, Todd Young of Indiana is trying to save uh, money because you can't overstate how much is at stake in Georgia. It's the balance of power in the Senate. And if Joe Biden becomes president, he has the Senate and the House, even by small margins. Is is that why you're helping out? Well, the the, the stakes in Georgia are the highest. I've I've been doing this 52 years the highest I've ever seen in a political election because it's not just about who the two senators from Georgia will be, though that's the that's what the election is, but if the Democrats win both those seats, then they will have total control of the government. They will and they've already said they'll do away with the filibuster. They'll make the rules in the Senate like the rules in the House where it's majority rule. Uh, Nancy Pelosi took a whacking in the election in the House. She's going to have a majority as small as 10 seats, maybe even nine seats. And yet she can pass anything as long as she keeps the Democrats in line. In the Senate, we have had historically for decades that we don't have just plain majority rule. And But Schumer's going to get rid of that. Biden's going to get rid of that. And so if you get 50 senators and you're the Democratic Party, your vice president breaks the tie, and they can pass the new Green Deal. They can pass carbon-free economy. They can pass – I see they've got John Kerry coming back in. I thought uh, – I wonder what people think about entrusting to the man that cut the deal with Iran, where we gave them tens and tens of millions of dollars secretly without even telling the U.S. Congress – as part of his deal, uh, I, I wonder what a lot of people think about that. There's a lot of things. Uh, it, what's going to be different? Well, uh, it's Purdue against Ossoff, who he beat him by about two points now. What's going to be the challenge with all the focus in two and a half months to get ready for a January 5th election? So you're looking at Purdue. You know his skill set. Ossoff is young, but he's a guy who was born into money. He is pretending to be pro-gun. He is not. And he's uh, he's depending to be moderate, and that's not how he's led his career so far. So first off, show me Purdue's path to victory. Well, Purdue got forty nine point eight percent of the vote. Purdue in any other state in America would be have have been elected United States senator back on November the third. But Georgia's law, and this is up to Georgia. Georgia's law says you can't be elected to statewide office, including United States senator unless you get a simple majority, 50% plus one. And so Ossoff is in the race because of a libertarian that got about 115,000 votes out of a total of 5 million, right at 5 million. And Purdue uh, has to stay, has to keep getting his vote out. And I think this will be an election, Brian, where voter turnout is the biggest single thing. Even though they had a record turnout November 3rd in Georgia, just like almost everywhere else in the United States, uh, keeping those numbers up there for January 5th, you know, a few days after Christmas, kids going back to school, hopefully, 
the the it was just an unusual time to have an election, and the Democrats will spend tens of millions of dollars to turn out their vote. So it's going to be a lot uh, of pressure. Republicans have to match that by people voluntarily going to vote. Because Karl Rove said flat out, even though he's in charge of raising the money, he says we're going to get outraised. And he says that's done. Stacey Abrams also says she has more than 750,000 Georgians who have requested their ballots for the January 5th runoff election. How odd is that? Where are these people coming from? Are they that concerned about the virus? What's going on? Well, they're being they're being generated with money. Either somebody's being paid to go call on them and help them apply for their ballot, or people are getting paid to participate. Uh, and I'm not saying they're getting paid to vote for the X candidate, but to get to, to be turned out. There's a huge amount of money that is being spent to make their voters actually go back and vote again. And this this election will be the most expensive yeah. uh, pair of Senate elections in, in American history. There is no question about that. Look at Look at the next door states where Lindsey Graham, who won by, I don't know, double digits anyway, the Democrats spent $100 million against him, and only about 2% of it came from South Carolina. Okay. And that's what Georgians are going to see. They're going to see money flooding in from New York and California and from Chicago and uh, Washington, D.C., because the stakes are so high. And I want to make sure people understand in the Senate, if we have 51 votes, there are a lot of things that have to get 60 votes to pass because of the filibuster. If we only have 50, that is, if we lose both these seats, the vice president will break that tie. Every time. And the new Green Deal can be voted on. Medicare for all can be voted on. Med, uh, health care for illegal immigrants. Free college for illegal immigrants. Forgive all student loans. Uh, all these are not things I've dreamed up. These are things that are freely talked about by the, the Democrats in Congress, from AOC to Nancy Pelosi to Chuck Schumer, and supported by Joe Biden. There's no question they definitely hurt themselves with this. So uh, I want to, you to hear what Lindsey Graham said. Tactically, something's got to change. And it's got to get some observers in the room. There was one observer deciding what ballots should be cured and counted. Listen. They had a 3.5% rejection rate in the last election. You know what the ballot rejection rate for signatures was in this election? 0.3%. Mm. Well, four times more ballot ballots. Something's rotten in Denmark. Here's what's happened. They've entered into a consent decree. The Secretary of State did with Stacey Abrams that's really polluted the database that you would compare a signature to. They failed to take people off the roads, rolls that are not eligible to vote. He got conned in to signing a consent decree that's bad for Georgia's election system. You got to solve that, Governor. You know what it's like when these things are hammered out. The, the, something's got to change by January 5th. You're going to be in the same spot. Well, the, the fact of the matter is uh, this year we've got a whole lot of elected officials, election officials, who are being faced by new systems, like he's talking about in Georgia, where by a consent decree in a court, 
you know, they changed the rules. And so you've got a bunch of Americans who've been poll workers and worked at the, uh, in the counting the votes maybe for decades, but all of a sudden the rules have changed. Uh, and most of the time the changing of the rules make people more like California, where, where in, in California ballot harvesting is legal. In California, Brian, you cannot ask a person when they register to vote if they're an American citizen. Wow. It's crazy. They got to standardize some of these things. I mean, they, I know there's 50 staff separate elections, but they got to find a way to standardize some of this stuff. Uh, Governor Haley Barber, I know you're going to have your hands full. You're going to be helping out over there, right? Part of the leadership team. I, I am. I'm already am. We're involved in not just the fundraising, but we're involved with the political team over there. And I will tell you, uh, you know, Kelly Leffler had cronied, and she's just going to be able to come back on the campaign trail here in the next couple of days. David Perdue is traveling all over the state. I think maybe you had him on uh, Fox and Friends this morning. Had him 15, yeah, but, uh, 10, yeah a, little bit, a little while ago, about an hour ago. Yeah, well, we, our people are working their tails off, but the, the, you got to get the truth out about Ossoff and Warnock, how left-wing they are, the stakes for the country, not just for Georgia, and then we got to get our people out. And, Governor, if people want to contribute, where do they go? They go to the uh, Georgia Battleground Fund. I'm looking for the address right here, and I'm not finding it. But it's the Georgia Battleground Fund, uh, and it's it's the, the, all of those funds go into the Georgia races. Gotcha. Every penny. Yeah, uh, Governor, always great to talk to you. I'll talk to you again. You and Carl Rove there. It's hard to imagine you guys losing. Uh, you always win. Uh, Governor Haley Barber, thank you. When we come back, we'll take some of your calls. 1-866-408-7669. Newsmakers and newsbreakers. Hear it first. Only on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. All right, let's go out to Terrence. Listen, WNIS in beautiful Virginia Beach. Hey, Terrence. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you doing, sir? Good. What's on your mind? Hey, listen, I am with you. Uh, You are sounding the alarm about this mail-in ballot deal, and I'm just feeling nervous from... You know, some of the answers that some of these uh, Republicans are giving on that, they, they keep going back to scare tactics of the AOC Green New Deal thing, get out and vote. Yeah, yeah, we all get that. But this mail-in ballot deal is serious. I mean, they got to they gotta start talking in terms of how to resolve that, or it's going to be a long time before Republicans win anything. Terrence, you're so smart. That's why I played that cut from Friday. I got, I got three Lindsey Graham cuts here. But he had the tactic. This is not about the issues are important, and that's the way you speak. you got to make sure you're in there when they're looking at the ballots. Don't tell me that they have it handled. And by the way, there's a Republican governor and Republican secretary of state. This should not be an issue in Georgia. Pennsylvania is a different story. So we hope exactly. that, you, yeah, I mean, and by the way, where's 175,000, where do all these 750,000 ballot requests come from? Really? Everybody knows they don't want to vote January 5th already? How did that happen? 
Terrence, thanks so much. 1-866-408-7669. Pete Hegseth next. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Information you want. Truth you demand. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. I think it's going to be important uh, to recognize that the, the confidence that our allies had and the world had in American leadership is not going to be restored overnight. They are going to be greatly relieved and pleased to see uh, uh, people like Tony uh, you know, at, at various conferences around the world and, and returning to the traditional leadership role that the U.S. has played. Tony Blinken is referring to he's going to be the nominee for Secretary of State if Joe Biden goes ahead and is the next president of the United States. Pete Hegseth remembers that voice, remembers that policy. He's Fox and Friends weekend co-host, still in the National Guard, author of a new book, Modern Warriors, Real Stories from Real Heroes. Part of this, so you can see a lot of this on his series on Fox Nation, which you're watching us now on. Pete, welcome back. Brian, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. What would you think about Barack Obama? It's going to take a while to restore that prestige with our allies. What allies is he referring to? I don't really know. The ones that were freeloading off of us for a really long time and have not paid for their own collective defense, is it the allies in in Beijing who would love to live in a world prior to Donald Trump where they were able to get away with the international double standard and completely exploit it? Or maybe our allies in Iran who really want their deal back so that they aren't surrounded by a new Israeli-Arab coalition that understands how dangerous Iran is? I'm not not sure, but they, they live in that international fantasy land, and uh, it's it's scary that we're sliding back into that. It is, and I'm getting um, you know I'm getting flashbacks because it's a lot of the same names, Pete. And if you think about it, let's just work our way around the world. I know the president was abrupt and direct, and there was not a lot of subtlety there. I understand it, but he was never going to leave NATO. Instead, they end up with more armor on the border. They end up with more funding. And you know what else happened when we started saying, "Hey, guys." Uh, you got to start paying for your own defense. I'm looking at your budget. You have enough money. They actually started doing it. They have formed more of a European coalition. They're starting to strategize against any type of Russian threat and Chinese threat. There's nothing wrong with that. Correct? It's called tough love. It's called if you love your country, you will invest in defending it. And they've seen the the worst manifestations of globalism in Europe as well. When you open your open your borders and don't demand allegiance and then you got your well got your military to pay for your welfare state, you can't actually have a nation that defends itself. Donald Trump gave them a massive dose of that tough love. We'll see if they're ever really able to defend themselves in a serious way, but the world we live in today was shaped by American courage on that continent. You know, 60, 70 years ago, but it shouldn't be defined by that today. Donald Trump reminded that world of that tough truth. And, 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 but I, I just don't think it's going to permeate in those parliaments all that much. And, and Joe Biden, should he become the president, will allow them to slide right into that comfy blanket again, which is a lie to them and the world. So the president yesterday said to the GSA, start releasing some money and allowing some cooperation. Mark Meadows said, you know, we're going to talk to certain uh, cap, uh, certain agencies about working with the Biden team. But he says the fight goes on. How much uh, how much gas is left in that fight? Uh, we'll see, Brian. We will. You know, I mean, I, I have said and I'll say it again after what was done to the president four years ago throughout his entire presidency. I am more than willing to wait 
two weeks, four weeks, six weeks to let every single challenge be played out, not just the, the ballots and the stopping of the count and the signatures and the mail-in, mail-out balance, ballot controversies. All of those need to be – but also our entire system. And they say there's more to come. If it is to come, it better come fairly soon. But I'm very comfortable living in this gray zone. It appears the White House, for the most part, is. Doing these kind of technical things is fine. But you can you can still play it out. We all know the clock is ticking, and evidence will be, more evidence will be needed. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the president plays this out. Uh, I want you to hear what Mark Thiessen said the president should do. We talked to him last week, Cut 29. Go and win a victory in Georgia and do it by looking forward. Say to the, say to the people of Georgia, I'm coming back in four years. And if, if the Democrats get control of the Senate, they're going to get rid of the filibuster. They're going to pass all the most radical legislation that they possibly can. Uh, they're going to change the, they're going to pack the Supreme Court and undo all my judicial, uh, judicial nominations. They're going to pack the Senate, make it harder for us to take back the Senate. And so they're going to do stuff that I won't be able to undo in four years. Uh, so this, mm-hmm. I'm going to make this Biden years a brief interregnum between two Trump terms, but you've got to protect our progress so that we, so I can come back and, and, and move us forward. How do you like that message? Uh, you know, I, listen, it's true that those two Senate races are very important. I don't, I don't love the Republican tendency the night after the election to immediately jump to the Georgia Senate race as the, the biggest race we must fight. A lot of the senators, a lot of the politicians going down there doing that didn't lift much of a finger uh, for Donald Trump. And so it, it feels like a lot of Republicans are using it as a way to pivot away from the, the, the national legal battle to that one in Georgia. Fine. I think those seats should be won. I think that's critically important. Uh, but it, I don't like the way it's been used as a double game by some Republicans, I think. Very interesting. Uh, Pete, in Modern Warriors, you're perfectly equipped. Not only are you somebody who fights the wars, you got to know a lot of these people. And then you do the series on Fox Nation. The book seems like a natural. What it was like? What was it like putting together some of these mini biographies for people for this generation awesome of war experience. fighters? I mean, it was an awesome experience. It was the toughest part was choosing just fifteen, but we tried to find a cross section of Marines, uh, Green Berets, Army Rangers, uh, you know, Navy SEALs, snipers, bomb technicians, pilots. So you kind of get a, a full cross section, and then you get to meet the human being and hear about their fears, their triumphs, their anxieties, their pains, the sacrifice, um, the, the sheer courage and. They don't call themselves heroes, but everything you read in the page that pours off the page screams that. And and you, the human side, the raw, real, politically incorrect um, desperation at times that you hear, uh, it really connects you to what these warriors since 9-11 have done. And we got to tell their stories. You know, vets often don't open up. And I tried to create the kind of comfortable environment where they felt willing to do so. And I think it comes through in Modern Warriors. Well, and you could also still see your series, too, that kind of what's the appetite for this, correct? Uh, correct. It's an ongoing series on Fox Nation. And of course, Brian, I had to write this book mostly written in the voice of others because we're all just trying to catch up to Brian Kilmeade on a number of books. Right. Uh, that is your goal still? Because After I, three, I don't think it can be my goal anymore. No chance. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, I did not know that was it. I always thought you were just trying to de- uh, be Todd Pyro at everything. <laughs> I'm trying to get a comfy lead uh, yeah, there. That's yeah, what you're trying to do. can't be surpassed. No, so it, it is excellent. It's a great way to, to understand this generation because, Pete, as you know, we missed a generation of warfighters, and a lot of them were yep. drafted, and that is Vietnam. We saw the Correct. movies, I how mean, they're portrayed, but we never got to know them. They were told 
not to talk, not to be proud, not to wreck. I mean, we there are Vietnam vets still to this day that have never told their story, never told their colleagues what they do, what they did in those in those jungles. We're, and those those are the warriors that support this generation so much because they were never welcomed home. We're trying to undo some of those sins by getting these stories out now. Who knows? There maybe there is another book out there where modern warriors talk to Vietnam vets and get them talking about what they experienced because our experience was so much different. Absolutely, and you're going to go out there and and do it. So, Pete, how do you feel about 2,500 troops in Iraq and 2,500 troops in Afghanistan for a guy that's been there? Uh, Oh, Brian, we could talk about this forever. I feel like that's where it should be. I feel like it's okay to have a residual force there to do counterterrorism because you don't you know, you don't want to undo the ability for us to prevent something like a 9-11. But these, those wars, these wars are in the hands of the Iraqis and the Afghans. They've had two decades to be trained by the best military in the world. Uh, there's been a lot of victories and a lot of great things that, you know, these men did in this book. that not, doesn't take away from their legacy. But ultimately, these countries need to stand on their own two feet. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if they do. But you look at China, you look at their ambitions, and we better be oriented to deal with something like that, not necessarily kicking around in the same place for 20 years, hoping for a utopian outcome that's just never going to exist. And uh, Pete, do you feel as though that you have enough gel to continue this book tour? <laughs> I, I, Amazon keeps delivering the gel packages. So I, and this is the easiest, it's the Zoom book tour. You know? <laughs> it's, no travel, straight from home. Right. All right. So listen, I, I, what, are you, what are you doing this holiday? When can we see you on TV? Uh, I'll see, I think I'll be in on Friday. I think you might be taking the well-deserved day off. So I might be in on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Otherwise, just enjoying it with family. Just looking forward to hunkering, hunkering, hunkering down. Uh, Maybe we'll unknowingly defy some restrictions that we don't even know about. And if that's the case, then so be it. And then they'll have to break down your door, and you're going to have to tell a few of your kids uh, they're going to have to leave. Uh, One of them will be outside for the dinner. (laughs) But we'll open the doors so some heat comes out. Listen, yeah, yeah you got to comply, Pete. You're a law and order guy. And Governor, we'll go to, Governor Cuomo says you have to abide by, or Governor Murphy, wherever you might be located. We know they both have your uh, your best uh, your best uh, um, ideals in mind when they set up oh, these wars. Hey, always Pete. they're always thinking about the the uh, the little guy, the families with lots of kids. Yep. Exactly, especially those billionaires from Goldman Sachs. Modern That's Warriors, right. name of the book, Real Stories from Real Heroes. Uh, you can order it everywhere, Pete. You can also follow Pete at Pete Hegseth uh, on Twitter. Pete, thanks so much. Congratulations. Thanks, Brian. Happy Thanksgiving, man. All right, you too, and to everybody. Uh, meanwhile, when we come back, we're going to be joined by uh, Stuart Varney, Varney & Company. We do a simulcast there on FBN, and we'll also be seen on Fox Nation and heard on the radio. I didn't think it was possible until Stuart made me do it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. New from the Fox News Podcasts Network. My name is Kennedy, and welcome to my podcast, which will, I humbly say, single-handedly save the world. You're welcome. It's Kennedy Saves the World. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Now, the Brian Kilmeade Show joins Fox Business's Varney and Company with Stuart Varney, live on your radio and on Fox Business. Here's Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back, everybody. We've got a, a couple of uh, seconds here before we join Stuart Varney and Varney and Company uh, to talk about what's happening in New York, uh, where we are located currently. Uh, in New York, we know, too, that the whole city's been locked down, that the governor thinks he's a, uh, uh, thinks he's a genius. We also know that the governor also believes that he wants to tell you how to love and how to live while letting him, uh, letting everybody know that he will 
he will actually break the rules that he sets for us while writing a book about it. It's an amazing audacity. I, to me, it's a reason to run from the guy for celebrities. It's a reason to salute the guy. So let's listen to Stuart Varney. Join Brian Kilmeade, Fox and Friends co-host. All right, Brian. New York Governor Cuomo accepted an Emmy for his televised coronavirus briefings. Why don't you just have at it, Brian? What do you think about that? Well, it's just unbelievable for a guy that leads the country in deaths, who also continues to uh, govern over a city that's being hit again. He killed the patient and now gets an award for it. So, yes, did we bend the curve? Yeah, the American people bent the curve first in New York, and then it spread throughout everywhere else, while alienating the other 49 states, by the way. So they were pretty angry at us when it starts hitting them, so we ended up sanctioning each other's to not travel. So in the end, you have a city that is an empty carcass, that even when they opened up and gave an option to open up the restaurants, there were no people there, so they closed up again. So this scientist, remember Follow the Science, said that the best place for kids from K through 8th grade is school. Guess what they did? They shut down school. And guess who didn't tell anybody about it and yelled at reporters for asking? Governor Cuomo. And he gets an Emmy for his presentation. Stuart, you give a lot of speeches. I appreciate uh, a good show and tell. And he's good. He understood what was going on. It was good to see the charts. Communication was fine. But then you realize he was asking himself his own questions at his press conference and had almost no press challenge him ever while blaming President Trump whenever he could. There's no way this guy deserves an Emmy, nor should he accept it. He should be too embarrassed. But, well, he's not. But did you just see, just a few moments ago, the NYBD, the New York Police Department, said, no, they're not going to listen to Cuomo. They're not going to go and bust up and knock on the door to see how many people you've got for your Thanksgiving dinner. So they, too, are rejecting that kind of oppressive rule-making surrounding Thanksgiving. I mean, it's spreading all over the state. What people should understand, too, who are watching us around the country, is that New York is not New York City. I mean, most of the stuff is, most of the place is suburban in Long Island. And upstate's very rural. And 14 separate sheriffs in upstate New York have said, we're not enforcing this at all. And the governor said, you're not, it's not up to you to be a dictator to decide what laws to enforce. How unbelievable. Can someone give this guy a mirror? You're the dictator. You're signing this. And what if you remember the legislature? What are you doing in elected office? Because he's in your party. You're not going to press up against him and say, this is too much. My people are rebelling. They're going to come down on on Staten Island. I understand it's bad. They're setting up uh, 10 hospitals. But people understand what has to be done. If they don't, they'll pay the price. If they know there's somebody at risk, they understand how to take precautions. If not... You have to let people work through this because you are killing the country. Yes, thank you. Uh, we've just got time for this. I want you to listen to the celebrities lining up to congratulate Governor Cuomo on getting his Emmy. Watch this, please. Congratulations, Andrew, on your much-deserved Founders Award. Governor Andrew Cuomo, you are the man. I was trying to think of something that I could say to you that would... Uh, be funny. And so I called your brother, Chris, who could not understand why you were getting an Emmy since he's the one on television. In the darkest stage of the pandemic, your daily briefings live from New York gave us hope, gave us clarity, gave us the truth and gave us something that we were not getting from Washington. Leadership. Would you like to comment on that? A couple of things. Uh, the one you cut out was Billy Joel, who had to read his speech, but Billy Joel has never done anything wrong, so I can't go against that. Billy Crystal's out in California, used to be in Long Beach, Long Island, so he left, so what does he know? That is an opportunity to say, I didn't vote for Trump. 
And that was the longest Robert De Niro has spoken lately in public without cursing, whether because of his limo service, got confused in a court case he was released from, or when he was on the stage accepting a Lifetime Achievement Award while using expletives to describe President Trump. So to me, more Hollywood celebrities saluting Governor Cuomo is just a way to slap back at, uh, at uh, exactly. Governor Cuomo. Keep in mind, too, he is so rich. De Niro doesn't feel this, even though his restaurants are hurting. He doesn't feel this. He's not one of the thousands who are told, go do something else for a living. Not even on Broadway, where those actors were told, stay home until June. Till June. He's also not one of those people on the subways being afraid to be thrown in front of an oncoming train. That's another thing, because they've unleashed all the mentally ill patients and homeless on people, the few people left that have to work and live here. So I couldn't see a guy more, less worthy, I should say, to get an Emmy than Governor Cuomo, who was forced not to have Thanksgiving with his mom because he told us not yeah, to, I got, and he got I caught. That. Yeah, really. Brian, i got to go. Thanks for being with us, and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. You too. I'll see you soon, Stuart. You got uh, You listen on WJAG in Nebraska. Hey, you. Yes. Um, you cannot expect to have faith in the election when some of the states don't have any standards. or the st- the st- It's not a uniform standard for the national election. Yes, it's fine for state by state, but it's not in a national election. I think it's got to be looked at. You're 100% right. We want every state to feel comfortable doing their own thing. Makes us unhackable as a country. I understand it. But there's got to be some things we can do. And that's one great thing the president's doing now by highlighting state by state the issues. Even if you don't agree or a judge says there's not enough votes there to matter, he's highlighting it for next time. Because who else is going to want to pour money into a contest that is not going to come out with the voters' will? And that's why I think we're going to have to look at all this. And the mail-in balloting has to go out. As soon as those vaccines start going into arms, those mail-in ballots go back to human proportions. That will solve a lot of it. And believe me, I think there's going to be a lot of Republicans who are going to volunteer to be election watchers, to be ballot watchers, and demand to go inside. And there'll be triggers. They are not letting me in in District 11 in Philadelphia. I am going to call the election uh, officials to make my protest before the election's actually done or while it's happening rather than, ooh, he lost. That's why he's protesting. So I think think people were caught by surprise this time, not next time. You listen to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Go to briankilmeade.com, get any of my books, and get them signed, personalized for the holidays. briankilmeade.com. Living the Bream is a podcast hosted by Fox News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. Heard to you, heard around the country, but coming from New York City and also taken in from around the world. Andy McCarthy will be with us, and he'll be unwinding what the administration, the current administration, and the Trump campaign is trying to do before giving up the ship and the hope of uh, winning the 2020 election. They did do a great thing, I think, yesterday and just said to the GSA, listen, cooperate, provide the funding, provide the information, let them set up the office on the transition. I'm still going to fight it here. But I do not want to be blamed should something happen 
uh, with the COVID virus and communications and uh, some type of terror attack or some type of military challenge and say, well, Biden will be quick to say, if Trump only told me what was going on, I wouldn't be able to handle it. We'll discuss that. We have some good news, some normalcy. Corn and Cobb, that is not their birth name, but the name humans gave turkeys. Uh, these two turkeys will be pardoned in three hours. Don't say a word. They think they're going to be slaughtered. But at the last minute, Trump's going to save the day. But, of course, Joe Biden will get all the credit. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Joe Biden is moving forward with building out his administration, naming six new cabinet selections that mark a return to a more traditional approach to governing. Joe Biden team takes shape. Looks much like eight years of President Obama, at least foreign policy wise. Can we expect the same terrible results? Why I took the Georgia Senate, why the Georgia Senate race might hold the key to saving the nation. Number two. The GSA has now ascertained Biden won the election and they now have seven and a half million dollars in federal resources to officially begin the transition. President Trump has already responded. He says that his legal challenges are still going to continue. President Trump greenlights cooperation with the Biden team while keeping up the fight will outline his plan and the president's uh, how the president sees it playing out. Number one. The story is my mom is going to come up and two of my uh, girls is the current plan. But the plans change. But that's my plan. Really? Governor Cuomo, slow down a little with your story. It's a great story. It's the Thanksgiving we all want. Too bad you told us not to have it. Severe restrictions and shaming for those who want to celebrate their holiday. Yet 50 million will travel anyway. Take that. Meanwhile, Emmy Award winning Governor Cuomo realizes demanding we Zoom our holiday while he hosts his mom and his daughters might not be the best look. So he has since backtracked. With me right now, uh, Andy McCarthy, along with, uh, with Governor Cuomo's grandmother, will also not be allowed to have Thanksgiving with Governor Cuomo. Uh, Andy, welcome back. Brian, Cuomo is just yet another person who doesn't invite me to Thanksgiving. Right. I don't know what it is. It would have been a what trap. What am I doing wrong? Invite, so invite doing a wrong? lawyer, an attorney, and then he gets him. How, how long can they keep up with this, these oppressive rules and regulations? I mean, six weeks to bend the curve, or was it three weeks? And now it's eight months? Yeah. And I'm just watching L.A. is shutting down outdoor dining, so restaurants are totally uh, pure takeout again. That's where we're heading. I saw that the governor of Pennsylvania said, don't buy alcohol tomorrow. What's going on here? Um, he must have had too much alcohol yesterday. Yeah. How does he do this? Uh, well, you know, the thing is, Brian, and I think we're going to say the same thing we said when we first started discussing this, which is there's the law and there's politics, Right. And the fact is, when you're going to have these kind of suffocating regulations that affect everybody, it's a simple fact that there simply aren't enough enforcement resources. If you took all the police organizations and all the prosecutors in the country, you couldn't conceivably enforce all this stuff. So I've always thought that it's much better and, and it's a more prudent approach to get political buy-in from people so that you make sure that what you're asking them to do is modest enough that they'll, you know, see the reason for it and go along with it. And then if you try to threaten people with a bunch of these regulations that as a practical matter, you, you, number one, you can't possibly enforce. And number two, 
you enforce arbitrarily and capriciously. So it's okay to go out and protest for social justice or when Biden wins an election, that's that's cool, but you can't have grandma over for Thanksgiving. That's the kind of stuff that makes people crazy nuts. And it and it's the reason that this stuff is you know, legally I could make an argument all day that uh, you know, look, under certain provisions of state law if they want to say you can't have more than 10 people in your home for Thanksgiving, they can do that. It's in the law. Um, but that's a much different issue than whether people think this is legitimate or not. So here is Andrew Cuomo because he's getting blowback from at least 12, maybe 14 sheriffs in upstate New York. And I think the NYPD, too, they're not going to go into homes and make sure there's only 10 people there and they're all somehow in the same bubble or been tested. So listen to his reaction to the sheriff saying, we're not doing this. Cut three. How a law enforcement officer says, I choose not to enforce that law. Uh, I believe that law enforcement officer violates his or her constitutional duty. I don't consider them a law enforcement officer because you don't have the right to pick laws that you think you will enforce and you don't enforce laws that you don't agree with, right? That's not a law enforcement officer. Uh, That's a dictator. Really? It's just funny, a dictator calling a a, a sheriff a dictator. I have to say, you know, the thing is, Cuomo's a lawyer and he's a smart lawyer, so he knows what he just what you just played. He knows that that's moronic. I mean, first of all, <laughs> the country is built. Law enforcement in America is built on the principle of prosecutorial discretion. It's never been the law of the United States that you're required to prosecute every violation of law. New York, the, the state that he presides over, is a sanctuary state. Because it has authority to enforce the, the immigration laws, and it won't enforce them. New York City has just turned away from broken windows policing under de Blasio and has basically said we're not going to prosecute petty crimes and quality of life offenses. So the fact of the matter is he well knows that law enforcement officers have authority not to enforce the law, and it has to be that way because there's a limited amount of law enforcement resources, and there's a lot of crime. So you have to pick what you're going to enforce because you can't enforce mm-hmm. every single offense. And no one would want to live in a, in a country where you enforced every single offense that somebody saw. So he knows that's just – it's ridiculous. Now, what, what he's saying is he personally thinks that his uh, COVID restrictions are more important than – you know, quality of life offenses, which he's perfectly peachy with them not enforcing. That's that's a subjective uh, judgment that he's allowed to make. And if he wants to make that argument, fine. But to say that the police don't have the authority to decide which laws to enforce, you know, if you would, I mean, I wish I could be less cynical, but the fact of the matter is he knows as he says that 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 is an utterly ridiculous thing to say. Absolutely. So what if you're some of these local businesses and you're about to be shut down again and you know it's over, you know there's currently no PPE uh, uh, PPE money coming, 
and you know you can't stay open. If they shut you down again, you can't stay open. And what if you're looking around to your other business and say, do you, hey, uh, you own a health club. You don't want to shut down. No. You own a restaurant. You don't want to shut down. No. You have a dry cleaner. What if they bound it together and, and Main Street America says no? You know, Brian, I think that's coming. I think, uh, you know, Bill McGurn wrote about it today in the Wall Street Journal. Rich Lowry wrote about it today at National Review. That's absolutely coming. I mean, you are not going to be able to go to this well twice of shutting the country down, even though they're trying to. Uh, and in particular, you can't go to the well when you're obviously not honest about it. I mean, when these people say that, you know, we have to do these things, and then they allow these gigantic uh, – they not only allow these gigantic demonstrations to take place, they participate in them. Um, and, you know, every time you turn around, you see Nancy Pelosi's going to the hairdresser or Gavin Newsom's going to some shiki uh, 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 French restaurant in Napa Valley, and you realize that, you know, it's, it's laws for thee but not for me. But and does that help your case? And besides emotion, that. which I have – Legally, do I? Does that help my case? No, of course it doesn't. And the other thing, Brian, you know, when you, we were talking about prosecutorial discretion a second ago, all prosecutors, when they decide whether to bring a case or not, go through two calculuses. One is, do I have enough evidence to make out a violation of the law under the penal code? The other thing is, how does this play to a jury? In other words, if I can't if I can't convince twelve people that this conduct needs to be condemned, I'm not going to bring the case, even if I think I have a technically legal case. And what? Where are you going to get twelve jurors to convict people who who basically say I I have nothing left? They've destroyed my business. They've destroyed my life. All I've tried to do is put food on the table for my family. You got twelve people going to convict that person? I hear you. Uh, let's talk about the president's fight. I thought he did a great thing with the GSA, but he says his fight's not over. But while we were speaking, Pennsylvania certified their election results. Does that mean the president's challenges are over? No. Well, you know, it makes it harder to undo because that's not an insignificant step. I would say the same thing. I said the same thing about uh, Michigan yesterday. You know, once they file that has uh, once they certify that has legal significance because it's the next step to actually appointing the electors who cast the votes in the electoral college. The the drop dead date is really it, it should be December 8th, which is what's known as the safe harbor date in federal law, where once they've certified and they've, they've uh, basically said this is what the vote is, that can't be disturbed anymore. Basically, December 8th is the day in federal law where the states are supposed to have worked out whatever uh, controversies and cases they have over the election results. There's an argument to be made that that can be extended to December 14th because December 14th is the day the Electoral College meets and casts the votes. And there's nothing in the law that says that, uh, right. you know, if you don't do it by December 8th and you do it by December 9th, that's no good. So they should be targeting December 8th, but December 14th, really the drop dead day. So a couple of things. I'm looking at some of these challenges just for this segment. And I get it. You already said to me, if the numbers aren't going to add up to overturn the verdict, why do it? But it does bother me to no end that they have counted ballots that included uh, did not include in some cases a handwritten name or handwritten address or a date uh, or uh, on the outer envelope. So these are technical violations, but we were always told the problem with absentee ballot, you make one mistake, you get X'd out. 
So a lot of these a lot of these ballots were challenged in retrospect because a lot of them couldn't see at the time. And, it's, you know, it's tough to pick up a, an unsigned envelope, I imagine, even from six feet away. But a lot of these things were a problem that they counted them. Don't these election workers know it's an issue? That's a separate pile. You forgot to sign. It does. It goes over here. You forgot to uh, put in an address. It goes over here. You forgot to put it on a date. It goes over here. So this is the challenge that Rudy Giuliani and company were doing in various states. Yeah, I, you know, I think the problem is, Brian, you, you know, first of all, you have two di- very different approaches to elections. Uh, Republicans and people on the right, generally speaking, want election integrity. They prioritize it. They want to make sure only those who are entitled to vote vote. The Democrats believe in ground-up democracy. They want everyone to vote. And even if someone votes who shouldn't vote, like, say, an illegal alien, they'll say, well, but that person should be entitled to vote, too. They just don't get whipped up about it. And what happened in this election, unlike past elections, is COVID-19 kind of made everybody go wild on the on the Democratic side. So I think they eased off on uh, or maybe the better way to put it is they put the pedal to the metal down, down, including, you know, anything they thought they could get away with in terms of pushing the envelope without going so far that it would delegitimize the election. And I think we're going to find, you know, when this thing gets audited, as it should, regardless of what the result of this election is, uh, you're going to find a lot of problems. And hopefully what that will mean is if we're going to continue, I think this is a disaster, but if we're going to continue with mail-in elections, the restrictions on them have to be tightened up and the time frame should be tightened up. I think one of the big objections to this that, that I haven't heard enough of is we should all be voting on the same information. You know, some of the things that were important stories in the election didn't break until, you know, a week or two before election day. And you had people, some people voted in September. Um, so I think we should all vote at the same time uh, on the same information. I don't like mail-in stuff, but I don't think it's going away. So it's got to be uh, – I think it's got to be tightened up in terms of what the uh, integrity-based restrictions are right. on it and also the time frame. We shouldn't be having the election go on for you know six weeks. That's ridiculous. Last question. Is it over for Trump, do you think? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean I just – I don't see it's it's kind of like you know when your when your team is out of it mathematically they st- they still have some games to play, um, and you know they have some points to make and a lot of the points they've made Brian as you just pointed out are not illegitimate points and they're important but I think they turn out to be more important for election integrity in future elections than this one because I think at this point they're just kind of mathematically eliminated as I've been saying for a couple of weeks. You have to win Pennsylvania and two other states. If they can't win Pennsylvania, it's done. So they may be able to make headway here and there, but the math just doesn't add up for them. Well, it really added up for us in your schedule. If you just slide us in, we truly appreciate it. Andy McCarthy, thanks so much. And if, listen, Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, Mario Cuomo, excuse me, Andrew Cuomo's mom needs somebody to have Thanksgiving with now because he's got to work. So if you are free, <laughs> drop by there, okay? Okay, because no one here wants me there anyway. So I guess <laughs> oh, I forgot I guess you had a family. Hole in my calendar. Yeah, are you right, allowed? Yeah. Just keep it under 10, please. Don't make me come down there. Andrew <laughs> McCarthy, thanks so much. Uh, pick up ball collusion. It really unwinds what has happened to President Trump over these last four years. When we come back, your turn, one 408 7669 We have a lot more to discuss. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. 
Challenging conventional thought and wisdom. You're with Brian Kilmeade. With Fox News Podcasts Plus, you can enjoy all your favorite Fox News podcasts without commercials. Subscribe now at foxnewspodcasts.com. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. All right, got a couple of minutes here, Steve. Listen to WRCN. Hey, Steve. Brian, nice to talk to you. I enjoy your show all the time. I've been listening for years now. Thank you. And I, I even like it when you're on TV. <laughs> <laughs> And anyway, I had several questions. I just spoke to a young man just a moment ago. Now, you know, first question is, is why aren't these people going to jail, such as Hillary, such as Jim Comey, and everybody, and the false allegations on his impeachment, you know? This president has, hasn't gotten one I know. since before he was in office. I hear you. you know? they got to go after him, too, once he leaves, too. I mean, he, he accomplished so much, you know? I mean, take Joe Biden, his son, and the Ukraine, and China, and all of that. Why isn't there a prosecution put upon them? I mean, there should have been, you know, because it was out before he nominated to be uh, president, you know? So what's going on with that? I uh, see everyone's got different uh, challenges. They have not found something criminally wrong with Comey uh, and with Hillary. They've certainly tried. And now, sadly, I don't think the Durham report is even coming out. That's a new report. They're supposed to have in, in references and referrals in terms of indictments. But now I guess they think it's since Biden's going to be around, they don't want to they don't want to muddy up the waters, which I think is sinful and should not be allowed. I uh, appreciate Thanks so much for your loyalty, Steve. When we come back, we're able to take some more phone calls and find out if there's even more to know. I got to find out, are you going to adhere to what your state wants you to and sacrifice your Thanksgiving? From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. The host of The Story on Fox News Channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. A talk show that's real. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. I wish I could say that my daily COVID presentations were well choreographed, scripted, rehearsed, or reflected any of the talents that you advance. They didn't. They offered only one thing, authentic truth and stability. But sometimes that's enough. Right. Uh, I just want to, if I have some time, explain to you why I am so great that deserve your Emmy. And just to confirm, it wasn't greatness. My talent wasn't great, but my talent is great. Uh, Warren, uh, listen on WDBO in Orlando. Hey, Warren. Hello. What's on your mind, Warren? Yeah, I don't understand why you're knocking Cuomo. He did a better job than Trump doing. In he what way? In what way? In the ways he's trying to keep everybody in New York City safe. Oh, how's everybody that going? How's that going? I guess you haven't been pushed on the tracks lately. No, no. New York City is a war zone. Okay, but Brian, where are you working at right now? New York City. Okay, then. I take the subway and the train. It is ridiculous. There's. I was on the train Friday at 5 o'clock. Nobody was on there. He destroyed because a city. And people worried. People worried, Brian. But guess why they're worried? They're not working. So they're hiding. The econ- they're, said they're $3 billion in debt. That is not effective leadership. They kept the kids out of school when it's safer to be in school. Because teachers unions, he allows them to run the city and to run the state. You have to see the frustration in upstate New York where I just was. This guy does not deserve an Emmy, Warren. You can't kill the patient and get a trophy. Sal, listening on the Fox News Radio app in Charlotte, North Carolina. Sal. 
Hey, Brian, great show. Love your show. Thank you. Hey, um, I, I don't get it. So if, if Durham proceeds with the prosecution when money up the waters, so what happened to the last three and a half, four years of money up the waters going after Trump for all the things they went after Trump for? How come that wasn't money up the waters? I hear you. Listen, Sal, I'm not making excuses for it. I'm just telling you what people are telling me, our reporters are saying. We're wondering where this report is. And evidently it's yeah. done, but they're afraid of alienating the Biden team. Yeah, so if justice is blind, yep. right? Like, I, I understand, you know, through Clinton, we went through all these House hearings. Through Obama, we went all these House and Senate hearings, right? But that was within the Congress, right? They set the dogs after Trump with the prosecution, you know, with the, with the prosecution and then the impeachment, right? So I think our Constitution and our country can handle it if you're presenting the truth, right? Let, let, let the voters decide. Let the citizens decide what's going on by seeing what unfolds. Don't, don't bury it under a rug. I mean, you're taking the job to do it. Do the job. Let us think about the outcome and, hey, and the results of the outcome. Hey, Sal, we paid for it. This guy's flying yeah, to Italy. He's going to England. He's, he's uh, going to Australia, meeting with people. And now he goes, oh, I don't think I'm going to give out the report. Are you kidding? It's unbelievable. And talk about frustration. 74 million people voted for Trump, right? Maybe we don't like his rhetoric, but we like his results, yep. right? We like his results. you got to appease us, too, not by putting him in, but, but clearing the water so that we can support the next president that shows up. I mean, talk Sal, about can you imagine oh, how effective, God. Sal, he would have been if there was not this Russia thing hanging over him? He, they got rid of KT McFarlane and uh, Michael Flynn before he even took office. He was there a week Next thing you know, they're launching all these investigations there. Uh, Hillary Clinton is on the outside saying the Russians put him in office. The FBI is investigating him without telling him, denying it. Uh, And next thing you know, they launched the Mueller report. Two months later, they launched the impeachment. Look, he could have been a lot lot smoother. He could have done research and more background checks on the people he hired, like Paul Manafort. But in the end... He totally got a raw deal and still was able to accomplish a lot. That's why I think he's coming back in four years. Uh, Julio, you listen on WIBX. Yes, good morning, Brian. Hey. So I was going to say the whole idea was to try to flatten the curve with the COVID thing. And if you look at Governor Cuomo's map, it looks like the Matterhorn. It's a great big spiked mountain. He didn't flatten any curve. And he's got a book out telling everyone how he did it. How great he did it. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. It, it's, is, is it, isn't it maddening that this is happening? Um, I mean, and the sure. fact is he was going to have, he was going to take his 89-year-old mom up to travel up to go see him where his wait staff, who knows where they've been, can, I guess, make dinner for him and government-afforded uh, housing while he sits there with his kids. Who knew where his kids were? But we have to sacrifice, and he's going to tell us what love is? I mean, it's unbelievable. Right, yeah. And while Robert De Niro kisses his butt? There's reality, and then there's propaganda. And what we're, what we're struggling this in our country now is, is we're getting propaganda. What are you doing for Thanksgiving, or what have you changed about your Thanksgiving? Um, well, what we've changed is that um, I live, like, in the Mohawk Valley. My son lives out in New Hampshire, so we won't be able to either have him come over or go visit him. And uh, otherwise, that's the main thing. Uh, I got two other kids, but they live nearby, so uh, they'd be able to come over for Thanksgiving dinner. Still doing that? Yeah, we're under 10 quantity in case somebody peeks through the window. Don't worry. They're not breaking down your door. Your sheriffs won't have it. 
Thanks so much. Dawn is in Texas. Hey, Dawn. Hey, greetings from Wichita Falls. I'm so excited to get to talk to you. I've been to Uh, Wichita Falls. I did a book signing there. I know, and I didn't get to go see you, but Uh, I'm sorry. Um, It was great. But my husband and I had been talking about um, a different way to vote. Um, Why couldn't you hire the smartest and the brightest person to develop a voting app and then um, have every citizen vote that way if they have to put their social security number in there because if you're you use your social security card for everything and um for food stamps anything like that so set up these polling places you could have it at a community center you can have them at a library churches like you would be voting and have computers set up so that it's not infringing on somebody's right to vote and then you could vote also from the privacy of your home but you put your social security number once you do that the social security won't number gets in there then you try if you tried to vote again it wouldn't allow you because it says you've already voted an illegal a legal immigrant could not vote because they don't have a social security number hey don you know what i'm going to do is i'm going to try to get an election expert on somebody's going to once we get this thing settled and these races decided there's still about eight races need to be decided in the House. I'm going to get somebody on a couple of, on. I'll do it a few days in a row of just how they break this down and what the pluses and minuses. I actually think simplifying and make it even easier more than rather than having electronics involved, because people tend, sadly, not to trust that. You see what's happening with these these uh, other voting system, the Dominion system. They say, well, you changed it. No, I didn't change it. How do you prove someone didn't change it? So. Uh, I think we got to look into somebody who does this for a living, and I think bipartisan way we got to get this right because this is embarrassing. This is another thing the president's doing well by pressing on Michigan, by pressing on Pennsylvania, Georgia, uh, and Wisconsin. He's saying this is in Arizona. He's saying, "What are you doing? How did you do that? When are you reporting? Why is this not on time? How has this vote changed? Who are those vans that pulled up that said they were uh, food trucks in Detroit?" And end up being ballot trucks as witnessed by three people with affidavits. So we got to get past all, all all this stuff that is really archaic, uh, really 19th century problems. And we got to get into the 21st century. Mike was on WHIO. Hey, Mike. Hi, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. Brian, what about COVID survivors? No one in the media is talking about um, the 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 natural antibodies that they have, they're all only talking about the vaccine. Right. we got to get the plasma. I got a text message the other day. Uh, if you've had this before, we need your plasma. We don't really hear much about the plasma treatment anymore. We don't hear that, and we don't hear that a COVID survivor doesn't need, potentially, the vaccine. That's true, although they say it only lasts eight months. So the vaccine lasts about a year. The okay. antibodies, we think, last about eight months. But, you know, obviously, we have it's brand new. But listen, we're going to say it's going to be a huge lift to the economy within two weeks when we start seeing video of, of health care workers and first responders getting these shots and then seniors, 65 and up, getting these shots. And then we're going to be seeing uh, we're going to see military jets or cargo planes flying out with with three different types of vaccines. It's going to be a big lift to the country. And I just saw that the stock market went over 30000 for the first time in history. So there are some reasons for hope. 
I, and I do think that we should get a stimulus package into the bloodstream for everybody listening right now whose businesses have suffered, whose career has taken a dive through no fault of your own. Uh, John, WNIS, Virginia Beach. John. Hey, Brian. How's it going? Great. Hey, uh, earlier you had played Cuomo talking about how the police don't get to choose which laws that they enforce. These rules Cuomo has put out there are not laws. The state legislature creates laws, not the government. He's not passing it. He's doing through executive fiat. He's doing through through the house. Yep. All right, that's all I want to say, Brian. Yeah, uh, and, and and as you heard Andy McCarthy say, you got to pick and choose what you're going for. Uh, the other big story is we're seeing the foreign policy of this administration take place through the people that are nominated now. Uh, everyone from uh, Anthony Blinken, who used to be on MSNBC, of course, uh, to John Meacham, who used to be on MSNBC, to a lot of the same people uh, that were part of the Obama foreign policy, which means it's no longer going to be America first. Here's what Victor David Hansen said is going to happen. They think we're going to be strengthened. I know we're not. And he's sure of it. Cut 20. They think they're going to have an, uh, the, this administration's version of the Clinton reset with Russia will be reset with China. And, you know, you mentioned Europe. And every time we get into a left-wing or Democratic administration, they get giddy, to use your word, because, you know, we're going to be friends and we're going to have our allies in Europe again because, you know, they, we believe in climate change and we open borders and we're statism and big government and we don't believe in the Second Amendment. We have all these commonalities. And then it doesn't work after three months because basically Europe is not armed and they're energy independent and there's Germany. And that means that they'll, they're terrified of Vladimir Putin. They're terrified of the Chinese and they're resentful that they have to depend on our military readiness to protect them. That would be great uh, if if that wasn't 100 percent true. What I hope is the European military started melding and merging uh, plans and protections and defense systems. Not that we'll ever leave NATO, but they got to be learned to protect themselves, at least hold the line until we get there. And I love one of the greatest things the president did is found out about this natural gas pipeline and be able to say, stop it. Don't ask us to protect you while you have your energy supplied by Russia. How, if they shut off the spigot in the winter, they basically brought your country to its knees. We have natural gas. Let us give it to you. And guess who's the biggest offender? The one that's the most vulnerable? Germany. We're going to take a time out and come back and take some more of your calls and also have a chance to look at where the president goes from here. Mark Thiessen gave him great advice yesterday. I hope he takes it as the president continues to fight. One thing that the Wall Street Journal says he was saying is Americans really respect somebody that will fight. They certainly have respect for this president, at least 74 million do, and expect him to do just that. You're listening to Brian Kilmeade Show. Politics, current events, and news that affects you. Brian's got a lot more to say. Stay with Brian Kilmeade. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. Go and win a victory in Georgia and do it by looking forward. Say to the say to the people of Georgia, I'm coming back in four years. And if if the Democrats get control of the Senate, they're going to get rid of the filibuster. They're going to pass all the most radical legislation that they possibly can. Uh, they're going to change the they're going to pack the Supreme Court and undo all my judicial uh, judicial nominations. They're going to pack the Senate, and make it harder for us to take back the Senate. And so they're going to do stuff that I won't be able to undo in four years. Uh, so this mm-hmm. I'm going to make this Biden year as a brief interregnum between two Trump terms. But you've got to protect our progress so that we, so I can come back and, and, and move us forward. 
All right. I think that that's great advice. And I think Mark Thiessen has spoken to the president. And the president's really ticked off. He feels like it's been taken from him, but he also understands the reality. Uh, let's go real quick. Ryan online. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, um, I just wanted to say that. Uh, so what, what chance does, does President Trump have in 2024 if this really is election fraud? Right. I mean, they got to straighten it out, number one. Number two is there's not going to be a pandemic that's going to allow this mail-in voting. they got to push back to real dates, a real voting date, or the vicinity. I mean, why is it they do a debate, one debate's done, and all of a sudden everyone's voting? Either push back the debates to August or push back the voting date till September, but make November 3rd or November 5th the real day. And make it a real yeah. reason for an absentee vote. That'll change immediately. And also think cracking down on these different states will be huge and putting pressure on these governors to get it right. Uh, and, and just pointing out and embarrassing these states. Like Florida was embarrassed. And they finally fixed it. That's what I'm hoping, Ryan. And that's why the president protesting really helps more than just him. Let's find out if there's more to know. More to know. Hey, this is a great idea. Ken Jennings, he used to be a quiet guy, but now he's their greatest champion ever. And he's getting the first chance to guest host Jeopardy. The game show will resume production next Monday. Uh, his episodes will air January 11th. And we know, the, they know that Alice Trebek did some right around Christmas. We'll get a chance to see that. Ken Jennings, I think, would be a good choice. I know somebody else, George Stephanopoulos, is among the many who want to do it. Who in your mind now, obviously Ken Jennings would be a good choice, at least temporarily. Is there anybody that sticks out in your mind that you would love to see uh, be the permanent host? Tom Brady. I don't think he played well Monday, and I think he's got to do something else full-time because he needs to get out of the house, obviously. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Next. Yes. Al Roker returned to the Today Show Monday morning after surgery for prostate cancer. His doctor said everything looks very favorable. People love this guy. I remember him on Channel 4. Now he lost a lot of weight, bikes to work every day. So he wants to send that important message. Hey, what about Al Roker for Jeopardy? As a, as a, you know, even if it's, a, if it's a, one we, of those. Can we take it slow, Pete? He's just getting back to the Today Show. I understand that, but oh when, he's back in, when he's back in full swing. Uh, that would be I'll good. Okay. Then I'd be all for that. Snapchat has unveiled a spotlight. It's anti, to spotlight its answer to TikTok. Um, it's unveiled spotlight. That's its answer to TikTok. I should read that right. As an incentive for context creators and average users to submit their snaps for consideration, Snapchat will distribute $1 million each day to those who make the most entertaining spotlight snaps. Good. If you want to TikTok out, beat TikTok at TikTok's game. How many times have I said that? I have never said that, but still, don't correct me. No, but what is going to be your first uh, Snapchat or TikTok video when you eventually do it? The hustle. The hustle. Uh, the nineteen seventy six craze that I have not let uh, crazy I've not let go of. The electric slide? Uh, don't know it. Okay. Don't know it. It's too complicated. Next. Six in ten Americans are dialing back this year's Thanksgiving Day plans because of the pandemic, cutting guest lists, canceling travels, or scrapping turkey and dinner altogether. Uh, this is according to Axios. For the first time in our poll, more than half Americans say they're likely to take a first generation COVID vaccine as soon as it's available. College-educated white Americans and Democrats are driving the trend. I will also take it for sure. You guys? Yeah, and my, here's my question now. If you had the, if, would you be more hesitant with the two-dose one, or you're just good no matter which one as long as it gets the FDA approval? You get it to me, and I can go to clubs again at 2 in the morning and then pay <laughs> off the bouncer to get me in so I have to sit outside and freeze to death. Those are the days that I miss. And we, then how did you get past those bouncers? Like, what would be your, what was your game? Get, uh, um, I left my wallet inside last week. Can I ask the guy, can I check for it? And they, but he goes for it every time. And then I don't pay for the coat check because I never have singles. So I walk around with my uh, down jacket. 
I've never have uh, fortunate experiences there. Hey, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Uh, this is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Go to BrianKilmeadeShow.com if you ever miss it. You could always check it out on Spotify, on iTunes, on iHeart. Uh, and, of course, you could always see it online, BrianKilmeadeShow.com, and watch it on Fox Nation. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.